Welcome back to the Age Gap Realness Podcast. You have Natalie Workman and my new hairstylist, Brandon Dawson. Did I have a hair flying away? You had a curly cue. Oh, thank you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. A little sleepy. A little sleepy. Why are you sleepy? Uh, had to fight Arizona yesterday, so I got up at 3.30 in the morning, flew down, and then flew back last night and got back home at 1.30. Can we clarify the word had to fly to Arizona? Like those words, you had to. Why did you have to fly down there? Uh, well, uh, as people that have been watching the show know, I've been wearing Invisalign. Uh-huh. And I shattered a crown, uh-huh. so I had to get it fixed. So that's the part I'm interested in. You had to get it fixed. Where I think the obvious question would be, why did you need to go to Arizona to get your tooth fixed? Because that's where my dentist is. My dentist used to be in Oregon, and now he's in Arizona, so I had to visit him. Guys, if Brandon ever accuses me of being high maintenance ever again, let's just talk about the fact that he one time decided that his hairdresser lived in New York. Well, so for did. for an entire year, we flew to New York every six weeks so that Brandon could get his hair cut. We live in Portland. That is a long flight for a haircut. Okay, coming from someone who begged me to take her to New York as often as possible. I well, needed an excuse to validate why I'd spend all that money to take you to New York. You're such a liar. Get my haircut. You are so full of it. Anyway, today we are going to talk about how to live without regret. Do you want to talk about why this is an important topic? <laughs> Brandon breaks down again.com. Yeah. Well, my mother passed away this week. Yeah. My stepmother. Yeah. And so <sighs> I don't know where to start with this. Uh, Brandon's stepmom was in the hospital for a little while, and about four days. Was it four? Well, she was in a she was in a uh, home where she and my dad lived, and then she had to move into a care home because he was struggling being able to keep up with helping her. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> she was in the care home, and then got sick last week. Yeah. She got very sick last week, and she passed away on uh, Monday night. evening. Oh, uh, late Monday, Monday evening. Monday evening. Yeah. yeah, it was Monday at eleven. Uh, and I just think that this is timely. I I know that this is a very challenging thing to talk about while it's happening. Uh, it's probably not exactly what either of us want to be doing at this moment, but this is something that's really happening in our lives right now. This is a a part of our process. We're grieving we're figuring out how to navigate this as a family and as a couple and with you as a son uh so i want to talk about living with regret and for me being in a hospital environment is such an instant trigger for a reminder as to life being short and not being able to choose when you go how you go and there were there were young people in there and your your stepmom is only she's only 72 years old like that's that's not that that's not that's young. That's yeah, not that relative old. Relative to, to, in today's world, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to living with regret, I, I'd like to give some tips to our listeners as to how to do that and how where you want to use this experience. Or how not to do that. How not to do that. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, and how we want to be able to use this experience, and and garner as much positivity as we can to use it to move forward to live a life that Annie would be proud of and that we would be proud of uh, going forward. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? 
I'm like, you're talking. Oh. Oh, there's no, you don't have any other words with that? Well, I, were you done? I mean, is there a question there? <laughs> no, I was making a statement. Normally, you cut me off, so when I... When I well, it's run easier, out of it's easier my train of thought, normally you're just like chomping at the bit to start talking. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if there's the possibility of crying, it's easier to listen to you talk. Got it. Okay, so you don't want to cry. So my first <clears throat> tip to live without regret is to remind yourself that time is finite; that we do not have unlimited amount of time there, time here, and therefore we have to use it. We have to figure out the things that we want to be spending our time doing and do those things, so that at the end of the day. I actually was listening to this interesting study. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. I know you're not his greatest fan. I don't have any problems with Gary. I think he's amazing. His biggest tip is for for not living with regret is going to a nursing home like once a month and talking with people who don't have time necessarily on their side and listen to the things that they're talking about and immerse yourself in what they wish that they would have done. And most people wish they would have done X, Y, Z thing. Like they do have regret, but they don't have time on their side to be able to fix it. They don't, they're not mobile in the same way that they were. They might not have the financial resources in the same way that they would like to. Uh, and so just going and, and being around people who are older and people who have less time potentially um, is a good way to, to remember that our time here isn't infinite. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, I'm challenged with all of my personal decisions about my life, like who I spend my time with and how often I'm with the kids or the grandkids or not not with them because of the travel or the business. Um, I can honestly say in this particular case, though, this is a classic example of not living with any regret when it comes to my parents. Mm. Um, both of them were hard workers. Mm -hmm. And to have been able to start a business and take them on so many great trips and send them places. For you to be able to have started a business. Yeah, I mean, my stepmom was born in, in Mumbai. Mm -hmm. Her dad was a naval officer. British naval officer there. And I got to see my parents there probably two weeks, 10 years ago, and she'd never been back. Mm -hmm. And where I put them in the hotel I put them in, which um, was the, um, oh, I can't remember the name. It's the same one that the terrorists attacked like a month earlier that they were going to go there. So I was worried about sending them there. But they they built the hotel literally on top of where her house used to be. Mm -hmm. So the beach that they'd walk out on was where her dad was stationed and where she grew up until she was seven. So, you know, being able to do that and and and, and send them, you know, I sent them multiple times to Hawaii and then they got to travel with me and business stuff because my dad worked with me in the leadership program and my mom ran. But, 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 hold on. Part of that story, it's not just that you were able to take them on that trip when we were in the hospital and i mean guys like brandon's never seen the notebook and it's something that i still get really mad at him about uh but it this part this experience being in the hospital i mean ann and jim have been together for 40 years they've been inseparable uh and Anne just wasn't quite at the place of being able to communicate uh in the last couple days 
Uh, but Jim was just sitting there talking to her and telling her how much he loved her and telling her about all of the great experiences that they'd had together just to be able to communicate. And one of the things that he started telling her about and reminding her of was this trip that they went on and yeah. this this India trip. And he was just telling every possible story of the taxi and how the people smelled when he got there and just reliving this. this. You mean because of the food? Because <laughs> he was talking about the food that they so eat that's there. What I, that's and... what I meant, like the, the curry. He felt, he felt felt like everybody smelled like curry. And like I guess, curry. yeah, they had this little joke. Was that insensitive of me to say? <laughs> just the way you said oh, it. Sorry. I don't think you finished your thought. Well, I think it's because you interrupted me. And they and I saved you. I didn't interrupt you. Um, And, and <laughs> they talked about um, going to all the places where when she was a kid. Yeah, and it was just so beautiful to be, to watch somebody who's literally on their deathbed, re having the love of their life recount those moments that were unforgettable for them. Yeah, and they were inseparable. They were together forty, married forty mm-hmm. years. They ran um, a mini church that had a thousand families in it. My mom was the Pacific Northwest chair for Celebrate Recovery. So they worked with a lot of families that struggled. It was just such a beautiful, um, just such beautiful moments over the last few days that I think have been hitting us in different points. But one of the first things that I said to you after we left the hospital and Jim is telling all of these beautiful stories is I want to have these experiences with you. I want to have these moments where when you pass or when I pass, like we have so many stories to tell about the things that we did while we were living and being able to use them as inspiration to to do that. Yeah. And they, I mean, they help so many people, so many families and, you know, part of the, part of the no regrets is, um, the fact that the last 10 or 12 years, not only have they been able to go places they otherwise wouldn't have been able to go, but I got to work with my dad. My mom worked with, mm-hmm. uh, had a, her own company, but she served um, a lot of our members and did their patient recall programs. Mm-hmm. So everyone knew. Shopping. Yeah, everyone knew who she was and they got to go to all the events. And because my dad worked with me on our leadership program, she would go to those events as well. And just to be able to build a business Mm -hmm. where your family is around you. Yes. And have this life. Like, I think what's so surreal is you can create this life like this. You've been able to and your parents were able to figure out how to live life in such a way where they were able to help people through Celebrate Recovery and really give back but then also from a financial and from a career standpoint, spend time with their son and watch you grow, watch you develop into the leader that you are. I mean, the moment with John Maxwell, you, Bren was able to call John Maxwell, who- uh, He's one of my dearest friends. Dearest but you know, my, friends. he's such an inspiration to both my dad and my mom. I know that. And they got to- watch us work together for a couple of years and, and be friendly and, and love each other, you know, and mm-hmm. honestly, I think it was probably one of the most proudest things that their son was able to build a relationship with someone who's so meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. And then be able to extend that to where 
when you texted him saying this is what's happening with this is the power this is the power of friendship i gotta tell you this is what makes john maxwell uh one of the most loveliest human beings that's ever been on this planet Mm -hmm. i know more finished texting him asking him to reach out to my dad and maybe shoot a quick video because I wasn't sure if he would call him or just do something if he was on the run. I had no idea where in the world he was. And you were sitting there with me, and I texted him what was going on, and I told him my mom was probably going to pass today, that day. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even set the phone down yet, mm-hmm. and I could see the response coming back in. And he called my dad, sent a video. Prayed with him. Prayed with him. He did all that like within three minutes of me reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who have people – that look up to you, um, that respect you and admire you, just think about the impact that makes mm. when you show that that level of love back to somebody because it was really meaningful. Mm-hmm. It was such a gift to be able to give them. Well, and just the bigger piece of, if you don't live your life intentionally now, on when those moments happen, do you need a tissue, babe? Brennan might be breaking down just a little bit, but I won't won't laugh this time. She had to bring the subject up. I won't laugh this time. Um, If no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you. I'll use my Starbucks. (laughs) Okay, well, just laugh a little bit. Uh, If you don't, if you're not living life intentionally, when you can, while you can, when you die. No one's going to be reaching out if you aren't a nice person, if you aren't spending quality time with quality people, if you aren't giving back to people. And if you don't if you don't think about that, you're not going to likely take the actions necessary and required in order to live a life that's worth people even commenting about. Like people people can pass and and no one can really care how many people do you want at your funeral? How many people do you want reaching out when they find out about news like this? And well, it's sad. It's sad that people who don't contribute to others while they're living don't receive as much contribution back. Mm-hmm. And and it's such an easy equation that the more output you give, the output more output amplifies input. input. Um, but going back to my parents, um, just being able to have created the life because you're talking about regret, just. Like me sitting there listening to my dad tell all those stories, thinking, because I made the bold move, first of all, because they loved me and raised me well. With And I have other parents, my mom and my stepdad, and, and I don't want to negate the value they've contributed in my life because holistically all my parents taught me a lot. Absolutely. Um, in particular, Anne was the mother of a household with three boys and – and my dad mm-hmm. and she ruled that house mm-hmm. and she needed to because we were all including my dad all over the place mm-hmm. um we used to run on the back porch and shoot at anything that ran through the backyard and you know sometimes we'd be crossing our gun barrels at each other my mom would have to come out and straighten us out but she had to always plan they didn't have money they just worked hard and she was a really hard worker and my dad was a hard worker and then they dedicated all their free time when it wasn't to the kids going to our sports and everything it was to the church mm-hmm. and um and they have so many friends and dedicated their lives to helping other people succeed 
So I don't have any regret because as a young adult, I was able to be bold enough to have my own business, which allowed us to all spend time together and travel and do things and work together. And for them to be so proud of the successes I've had yeah. and sit there and watch me give speeches in front of 12, 14, 1500 people work with Maxwell. It's sitting there listening to my dad. This is his reflection of this, not mine, but sitting there listening to it and hearing how impactful it's been for them and then thinking about all the time, even just crazy stuff like sitting on the airplane, traveling to an event, mm -hmm. sitting on a cruise ship, sitting there after the work and hanging out with my family and talking about the day. And I mean, if you don't start your own business and you don't do those things, then those or you're not in an environment where that you're not in a family business, you don't get to see your family that much. Mm -hmm. And it just is so rewarding to know that we all got to spend so much quality time, even the time you don't think is quality at the time that's happening. Yeah. Like when your plane's two hours late and you're sitting in the airport and you're like, this sucks, we all want to get home, but you're with your family. Mm -hmm. And you take those moments for granted when you're not with your family. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a very interesting perspective to me because in the last couple of days, you've also said that if you passed away tomorrow, you wouldn't have any regret. I don't live. I don't have that same feeling. Like if I died tomorrow, I feel like I wouldn't have accomplished so many things. Uh, and I think that your perspective on the life that you've lived, like you're very proud of the things that you've done. And I think people should aspire to feel as confident as you are with that and I know I certainly do um, but they're like the big questions and then I have to wrestle with well what are the things that I am unhappy with to where I need to address those things so that when I am at a place when I am your age when I'm 51 almost 51 there's a birthday coming up here in a couple weeks um, when I'm 50 I feel like I could pass tomorrow and I I'd not you, have you any know, regrets for me um, I had to it's interesting because when I had my first daughter, mm -hmm. I I used to fly everywhere, drive everywhere, and I had my first daughter, and then all of a sudden, I would get so much anxiety getting on the airplane because I was so afraid that if I died, like if something happened and I died, who's going to take care of my kids? Mm -hmm. I lived with that anxiety for a few years. It was an interesting thing because it came out of nowhere, and so when people talk about being anxious about things, I kind of relate to it because it was like, oh, none of it, none of it, and then scared Scared spitless. Like I'd be sitting on the airplane, I'd be sweating. Scared spitless? Spitless. Is yeah. that a? It's your mouth gets dry because you're so scared. You can't scared say. spitless. I always thought the saying was scared shitless. <laughs> well, it is. But I was trying to be politically <laughs> correct for your younger audience. Oh, uh, you don't have to be politically so. correct. It's okay. I know. It's um, our audience, I know. But mind you. Um, so I got to a place where now I have two amazing older daughters, grandkids that are amazing. I've got Sierra, who's 13. She's as strong as an ox, mentally strong and mm -hmm. and, and so skilled in so many different ways. Um, my parents, we've all had such a great life. And I know that I've had enough success that if I died tomorrow. Am I not included in that? No, I haven't got to you. <laughs> but I, Did you forget someone? No, I haven't got there yet. No, I think you forgot. It's okay. I'm not there yet. I was going to say mm -hmm. something. But I've had enough financial success when it comes to my family. Uh -huh. Everyone I know is taken care of and they know they're loved. I mean, I I maybe haven't been around as much as I, like my regret is I didn't spend as much time with my kids and stuff because I was always out working. But I know my kids know they're loved, mm -hmm. right? 
So when I when when we now look at this chapter of my life, like I don't want to have any regret. I want to I want to have a blowout next 50 years and I want to do it with someone that I feel is aligned with the things that I love to do and the places I love to go and the kind of work I want to do, which is where you are in that equation. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden it's a, it's an interesting thing because Whereas I told you if I passed, I would be content because I've all, I know if people are taken care of, I think from that view, mm-hmm. obviously I don't want to miss all the exciting things life has to offer, yeah. seeing my grandkids grow up and stuff. But now I'm with you and you're younger than I am. So now all of a sudden there's this nervousness again where like, oh, like I don't want to leave you. And so it's like, it's like this interesting thing. So this is not what you said like two nights ago. No, no, I don't. I said if something happened, I wouldn't have any regret because I know that everyone's taken care of. Got it. The regret I would have now is because I'm with you. You like you would be. But I also know you honestly, I have 100 percent confidence that you would find somebody remarkable Hmm. and and you would still have an amazing life. You're going to be sad. All right, let's move off of this. I'm like, this is like going down not a path that I no, don't want to No, I'm just saying that, like, how can I have regret if everybody, if I know everybody I love yeah. is going to be outside of me. So what would your tip be? What my would tip, tip would be, be, so this is, that's a good point. My yeah. tip would be put yourself in a position to where if you were to pass tomorrow, you don't have any regrets. Like, you can literally sit there and say, I've pushed so hard and accomplished so much and loved so well. That if I pass tomorrow, I'm not going to have any regrets. So, guys, one of our tips to live without regrets <laughs> is to live without regrets. <laughs> yeah, live without regret. <laughs> regret is a drainer. Oh, that's hilarious. So one of the things that you and I talk quite a bit about, and you just mentioned it, uh, is around the sacrifices that you've had to make in order to create a level of financial success to where you can take care of everybody. Uh, that is a role that you play with our family, with our friends, with our business partners, with our team members, like you are the guy that when shit hits the fan, everybody looks to. And part of that is because you've grinded and you've grinded and you've grinded and you've worked so hard to be able to put yourself into that position. The toll that that takes on you though, or takes on anybody is that there is this sense of regret or this this worry that you, you missed some moments. But where you and I very much align is in those moments where nobody knows what to do and everyone's panicking or might not have the financial resources to take care of themselves, you you can. Like you can step in because those moments that you missed out on pay pay off in those times. Yeah, you don't know. That's a good point. You don't know when <clears throat> you don't know when those sacrifices that you made that you live with that regret or guilt. Yes. You don't know when that pays huge dividends in the future. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there's been family that have gotten into crisis or found themselves in situations where maybe they wouldn't be able to have the the opportunity to do things. And we've, or I've been able to step up over the Mm -hmm. last 20 years. Um, You're the guy, like you are the person that people look to in those moments. And and so I'm, I guess if I ask myself, this is kind of part and partial to our conversation we were having the other day, but if I die tomorrow, I know every person that I love, mm-hmm. including extended close friends, mm-hmm. knows that at any time when they call me, mm-hmm. there isn't anything I couldn't do mm-hmm. with or for or on behalf of to, to to fix a situation or to help them. This is not something that I always agreed with you on. Like early on, and just being young, I'll call it young and dumb, but... Being 
in my early 20s, I thought that the sacrifice in those moments was not worth the payoff. But people will, I would rationalize, people will figure it out if you can't afford, if they can't afford XYZ healthcare, they'll just figure it out. And I've since learned that there really isn't options. Like if you get sick and you have to pay for it and you have hospital bills, like it devastates people. Yeah, it devastates bank, families. And as much as I, as much as I, like I wrestle with it too. You've lived through this and you've obviously made a clear choice as to you, you want to be financially free. You want to create financial freedom for everybody around you, including yourself. Um, but for, for me, this is not something that I was initially thinking you and I would be on the same page about. And we are very much now on the same page about making short-term sacrifices for long-term financial gain and success and yeah, I mean, ability. I think, I think about like the quality of, of, of the lives of the people that you love and what better way to be able to give them like the one thing I know for a fact is through this whole sickness with my mom and stuff my dad's never had to wonder like how do I take care of my family yeah that's just not something that's in the back of people's mind because it's just it's gonna get taken care of it's it's not the thing that we allow people to focus on like we'll, we'll figure that out it's not that's not going to be i i we just were at the uh a conference where grant was speaking and he reminded me of the story that he tells where uh his dad passed away and they were living in this big house with his mom the next week after his dad died his mom had to sell the house. Like they had to move out of the house because they couldn't pay for it. They had to move into a smaller house. They had to downsize and they had to rent a place. And in those moments when shit is hitting the fan, the last thing you want to do is have to worry about where, how you're going to pay for the funeral, how you're going to navigate house payments like it's all already of those living costs exactly well this is when people you know i i've gotten criticism from people over the years saying you know money's not everything and mm. you know blah 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 and i i think to myself it's not everything until you absolutely need it or a loved one needs it and mm -hmm. then it becomes it everything. becomes everything and and you know i'm just really blessed that that um that I was able to spend the quality time I've been able to spend with my family. I'm really blessed that my dad and stepmom are a strong example of two couples that have, you know, played together, stayed together, worked together, loved, loved each other. Um, I just don't compliment you enough on this. Well, thank you. Because I, it is one of the qualities. It's not, it's not because of your money. It's not because, you know, we've talked about the gold digger thing in the past. It's, it has nothing to do with... The fact that you're wealthy, that I'm attracted to your money, it has to do with your ability to step in in moments when everybody else is panicking to say, I, I've i got this. Like, it, it's a confidence thing. It's a it's a way you live your life thing. And it's, it's yeah, and it is money in is my personality. I mean, even when I didn't have money, I, I felt like when everyone else was panicking and running the wrong you're direction, the I would step in. I remember uh, I was down on the Portland boardwalk with my one-year-old and three-year-old at some fair and we were walking all of a sudden there were shots fired um and everyone was i mean it, it's like you know everyone was running in every different direction i swooped my daughter up and i started running towards where the shots were being fired from because i figured i had a better shot at seeing 
where the person was and navigating that way than running and getting shot in the back. And I think people just have this fight or flight thing. And for me, it's an opportunity when there's when there's an opportunity to show how much I love the way I do it is by stepping in and really trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And but, I adore that quality. Yeah. So back to my parents and no regret. I, I my I, my dad has no regret. He has a regret that my mom's not here with him right now. Of course. But he has no regret about the remarkable 40 years mm -hmm. that they spent together. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, my last tip that I had written down is in order to avoid living with regret, you need to spend as little time on the things that don't matter as possible whether those are arguments, whether those are small frustrations, whether it's having to get your oil changed. My front tire on my car is now has low tire pressure for like the 10th time this year. But figuring out ways to not let those things irritate you, not let them escalate, figure out a solution, move off of it. Don't be one of those people that just like drags on and on and on about the little things in life that focus you, take your focus off of the big things. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure that the tire pressure thing. Are you mad at the Les Schwab that you didn't pull in there and have him check no. it and put air in it for no, you? No, but it's are you, or are you somehow you. indicating? Screw are you somehow you. indicating it's my job to put air in your tire? No, I'm not indicating that at all. Oh, okay. I'm well, no. That, you were just saying the little things in life. The little life, things in life that can frustrate, your, like okay. you right now. You're frustrating me and you're irritating me. But I did it on I'm, purpose. I'm, I'm gonna, trying to lighten the mood. I'm going to choose to just not dwell on it. I'm not going to bring it up later or like whatever the whatever no, the, I, the I, small. No, stop interrupting me. You've done it four times. Okay. Say, I will stop interrupting me. I'll stop interrupting Don't hold me. my hand in the process. I will stop interrupting <laughs> me. <laughs> Guys, we're a little off today. We're just a little foggy and a little off. Sorry. Right. I don't you remember what I was saying. Go ahead. Whatever you were going to say, what, what was so important that you needed to interrupt me? I, I was going to put an exclamation point on your point. I hate it when you do that. No, just agree with my point. Well, you didn't get to it because you forgot what it was. Well, because you interrupted me. <laughs> exactly. You can't finish the point. The exclamation mark, just so You're, we're clear, so does not go in the middle finish. of the sentence. It I'll, goes at the end of the sentence. The sentence I'll, I'll has to finish, you, though. I'll remind you of where Fini you were Let at. the sentence finish. You were talking about all the little things and getting those in the way of enjoying of ha Yeah, of having regret. I was going to say, if anybody wants to sit and think about all those little things and pick and pick at each other about all the things they don't like, I think a really healthy solution is for the, that couple to go into the hospital and go mm -hmm. find a couple where someone's dying and just sit like we did with my dad mm -hmm. and watch someone talk about how much they love somebody mm -hmm. and not have the other person have the opportunity to speak back. And wondering what what they're registering or what they're thinking, they're looking at you, but they can't communicate with you. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself how blessed you are that you can actually have a two way conversation with someone and have transparency into their thinking and their words versus having a single sided conversation and actually wondering what is reg registering mm -hmm. and not being able to be told that they love you back. Mm -hmm. That will solve the pettiness instantly. It's hard to. Remember those moments, though, right? Yeah. It's hard to, in the moment, it's easy to forget how fragile time is. And if you were to not be able to communicate with me tomorrow, I'm certain that I wouldn't want to, you know, wring your neck when you're 30 minutes late to our podcast recording. But 
here we are, you're 30 minutes late, and I'm going to let it go. What's your third point? That was my third point. Spend as little time forgetting about things that don't work for you. Just figure them out and move forward. So recap your three because I... Well, because you did you did different three, so my three are different than yours. yours? Uh, the first one was remind yourself that time is finite. My second one was get real about your finances and your money goals in order to make sure that you're tracking with how you want to be able to take care of yourself and your family one, once the time comes where you have to prepare for death. And then the third one is spend as little time on things that don't work for you as possible. Yeah. And your thing was ways to live life without regret was to not live life with regret. Yeah. It's for, I'm a simple guy. Oh, brother. All right. Do you want to wrap our show up? Uh, any li- Any final thoughts? No, I just... Just want to tell my dad and my mom, who's up in heaven, that thank you for raising us and not letting me go to prison or do something stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for grounding me and scolding me and teaching me the walnut story or I'd have never learned it. <laughs> and uh, just all the principles. They were very principle-based. My dad's remarkable. Maybe we should dedicate this episode to your mom. Yeah. And it'd be great. Okay. So this episode is dedicated to Anne, as my dad calls her, Annie, Annie. Dawson. Mm-hmm. Passed away at 1102 mm. on Monday. What was the date? It would have been April 29th. April 29th. Because today's May 1st. She was a fabulous and committed mother mm. and wife and friend. All right, you guys. This week, figure out ways not to live with regret. Think about Annie or people that you've lost, and I know it's depressing, but like, if you don't channel this stuff, like you you never you never grow forward. You never figure out how to really appreciate the moments that you do have, even if they're not as special or sparkly as what other people's lives look like on social media or whatever else. Like the the moments that we have right now today, doing the mundane things that we all do, going to work, filling our gas tanks. Like there's there's special moments and there's special opportunities to be appreciative and grateful for the things that we have. So So everyone who listened to this show, just do something extra special for the one you love today. Give them a hug, give them a squeeze, give them a kiss. Thanks for listening. Bye guys.